Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Bridgewater Church. And I'm excited this morning about this new series we're in called I Declare War. Now, let's face it. Let's just dive right in. It's not easy to stand our ground against the battle of sin and temptation. But when Jesus is living in our hearts, there is hope. There's hope to be able to make the transition to fight against sin, to overcome temptation by God's grace and power, and we are able to declare war and win. Now, we're looking at the letter of James in the New Testament. Now, the entire letter of James is incredible. We're pulling out four what I'm calling battle strategies. And our first battle strategy lesson James taught us last week was fight the war within. Ultimately, we have to trust God as the giver of all good gifts. We can't just give in to our own desires. Now, we'll all fall short. And that's why we have to run to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, and continue this journey to move forward and win against the the war of sin. Now, today, to help us continue in this, James will share a second battle strategy that will help us know who's in charge. Okay? Now, just say that with me. Know who's in charge. Have you ever had a pet that thought it was in charge? We have a family member. She's about two years old, and her name is Bella. We're showing you those pictures of this very cute puppy dog that we have. She's a schnoodle. She is poodle and schnauzer put together. I'll never forget the first night that we had her. We brought her home, had taken care of her, and we had a a kennel all set up with a beautiful bed. Oh, it was comfortable and blankets and all of these nice things. And Kay took Bella and placed her into the bed. It took 30 seconds or less. And all of a sudden we hear this little puppy. She's starting to cry and to whine. I look over at Kay and I say, we just have to, you know, let her know who's in charge. And we have to take our time. She'll get through it. Ten minutes later, Bella was all snuggled into her bed next to her mommy, Kay. And all I can say is, thank God, 
two years later, our bed is a king-size bed because Bella is in charge. Okay, if we're going to declare war against our struggle with sin and win, we need to know who's in charge. Is it going to be us or is it going to be God? And that's a, a lifelong struggle that we can have. But James is going to give us four keen observations that if we really absorb what he's teaching us and apply it big, big on application today, then I, God guarantees he's going to help us and we'll begin to see the victories that we want and we need in our lives. So let's get started. James chapter 1. Verses 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's obvious that James loves his readers. He begins by saying, dear brothers and sisters, and he's urging them because of his love for them to willingly receive the truth of God's word. Now, it's important that we realize where James is going. He launches right in and he says, be quick to listen. Wow. Most of the times, we're quick to talk, we're quick to say something, we're quick to make a point. But what James is actually saying is this, he's saying, be quick to listen, don't open your mouth, just let God begin to really mold your thoughts before they ever are spoken out loud. He's talking about restraining our speech. But he also says, as you do that, as you restrain your talk and you program your mind to listen to what is being said, God begins to work so that we can hear him speak to us. And that's why James adds, restrained speech, and we need restrained anger. Now the word for anger refers to a natural disposition to be irritated to the point that we're agitated from the soul inside and then we become violent with our words on the outside. James has a simple formula for this. He's saying, be quick to listen to God's truth, stay quiet so that we can make room for God's wisdom. In Proverbs 12, 18, Solomon explains this. He said, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I'll never forget when my 
father-in-law, Bob, when he turned 70. And he and I were out on the golf course together. And I asked him on the very first hole, we're going to play 18. And on the very first hole, I said, Dad, after seven decades of living, what have you learned? He didn't answer me. He didn't answer me. He just was quick to listen. And I didn't know if he was going to answer me. About 17 holes later, he finally says to me, Son, here's what I can tell you in answer to your question. This is three hours later. He said, before any words come out of your mouth, stop, say it to yourself a couple of times, and see if the words in your mouth are words that are pleasing to God. Decide if the words in your mind should even come out of your mouth. And then the teaching was over. I've never forgotten it. And it brings us to our first observation. Find God's balance. Find God's balance. James is saying if we're going to fight the war within us, we have to know who's in charge. Are we going to let our emotions be in charge? Are we going to allow ourselves to uh, be out of control, say things that are hurtful, ruin relationships? Now, we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all been quick. Or, or, or Some people are very outgoing and very strong in their words, and, and, and they, they appear angry. Some people have a quiet anger. That the way they say something, or not even say it, but the way they look, brings about a sense of hurtfulness. But when we are quick to listen and slow to speak, God gives us the opportunity to reflect on our thoughts and ask for His help. We need to find God's balance. That's this first strategy if we learn nothing else this morning, don't speak so much. Listen more. Be quick to open our ears and shut our mouths. And that's why James is saying we have to know who's in charge. Our second observation is in James chapter 1, verse 21. James goes on to say, So... Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. In just one very direct sentence, James tells us we have to literally make room in our hearts and our minds to receive God's word. Now, I think this is interesting this morning, and here's why. It's interesting because we have to come to a point, if we're going to declare war, if we really believe there is absolute truth found in God's Word. If not, where do you get your truth from? The news? <laughs> you know, look at what James alludes to. There's moral filth 
and evil that is prevalent. Well, if it was prevalent then, what would you say about it right now? We invite it into our homes on the TV, whether it's, you know, one of the many streaming channels that we have or, or even watching the news. It's all around us, social media. And this is why James says to declare war and know who's in charge, it's time to get rid of all moral filth and evil. Now, I like this in the message. Uh, this is a transliteration. And I think Peterson does a great job of giving us a fresh insight on what James is talking about. Look at this. He says, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that an incredible word picture for us? How many times have we allowed unhealthy things remain so long and too long in our lives? I have that struggle. Man, there are things in my life, in my thoughts, that aren't healthy. It doesn't make me a bad or evil person, but it is evil. It is a lack of morality, and we need to be very keenly aware. Otherwise, we just accept it the way that it is. Have you ever opened the refrigerator door and something stunk? I know there have been times that Kay has said to me, Honey, will you, will you open the refrigerator door? And the minute I do, I open it, and there is this stench that comes out of it. She goes, I've searched all over, and I haven't been able to find it. Sometimes we have to look really deep within to see the thread of what is morally wrong, the struggle that we have. And instead of being ashamed of it, we need to bring it into the light. James literally says, get rid of it. Clean it out. But there's more. The phrase get rid of also refers to taking off unwanted or unneeded, worn out or heavy clothing. It wasn't but a couple of seasons ago and my daughter Mary said, Dad, let's clean out your closet. She loves that stuff. She said, let's clean out and get ready for Family Fun Day when we bring clothes in and we fill up uh, our sanctuary room and we give away clothes for free. That'll happen this year, late in July. Mary says, Dad, let's clean out your closet. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do it. And and finally, I'm, I'm there with her. She starts pulling stuff out. What about this? What about this? And she reminded me of how God looks at our lives. He pulls things out like old clothes, worn out garments, and he says, you don't need this. This is just a rag. Some things I easily got rid of. Mary's like, great, Dad, you're making headway. But some things I struggled with. Something I didn't need, a piece of clothing that I had had for a long time. 
well-worn, holes in it, worn out. You see, we all can relate to what James is saying. He fuses two very different ideas with the same uh, conclusion. He fuses them together. Clean out the moral filth. Whatever is the stink, look for it. Pull it out. Clean it out. You don't need it. Even though we become dependent on it, we don't need it. And then he says, here's another illustration. Get rid of the clothes you don't need. Well, what is he talking about spiritually? Take off the spiritual garments that are weighing us down. The, the things of this world that we have allowed to cover our minds from clarity. Take them off. Get rid of it. This is the second observation. Lighten the load and grow deep. You and I need to decide exactly what James said. He, he, he writes, we need to decide. This is for us. He's saying, let the word of God that is planted in you save you. Let the word of God get, grow deep roots. Let the word of God transition us. Why? Because the giver of good gifts has something better than what we've gotten used to. The sin, the immorality, the filth we've allowed into our lives. And I know that's a struggle for us. There are some things in all of our lives that are a deep struggle. And that's why James says, with humility, be honest about it. Find someone to pray with you about it. Get in a small group of ministry of like-minded people. There isn't one single person that is listening to this message that is perfect or better than another person. We all need God's help. Let's lighten the load. Throw it out. Take it off. And let's grow deep. And if you feel like that's overwhelming to you, let's move to James chapter 1. But this time, let's look at our third observation in verses 22 through 24. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at it himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Here's our third observation. Look, listen, and do the right thing. Now, do you see what James has done? Do you see how he's building one observation on another in this battle strategy to declare war? We have to decide who's in charge. We're going to find God's balance. We're going to listen intently. We're going to lighten the load and grow deep. And now he circles back again, but in a new way. James is going to tackle the destructive duo of arrogance and pride. Now listen, James said it, we'll just do it, right? Listen, let God open the door in our minds so that we can fight against 
our selfish desires. Now James is not shy when he tells his readers, don't be fooled. Don't don't be fooled into thinking that you're really a listener when you're not doing anything about what you're hearing. We can't just hear good preaching from a pastor. We can't just listen to a great podcast from somebody who believes that the Word of God is truth. And we certainly can't just read God's Word and say, wasn't that nice? It's got to have more emphasis. There has to be a resolve to follow through. If we really want to know who or what's in charge of our lives, just look at our struggles. Where are our struggles? Who's in charge? And James then morphs and he says, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Now where's he going with this? The Greek word look is actually best translated to fix one's eyes upon and to carefully consider. I've got some great stats I want to share with you. I just thought this was fun. And I call these uh, the mirror stats. The average woman only spends 43 and a half minutes a day looking at herself. Whereas, according to a British survey, the average guy spends 56 minutes a day looking at himself in the mirror. Here's how it breaks down. Looking in the bathroom mirror, getting ready in the morning, women spend 14 and a half minutes, and men spend 16 and a half minutes. Looking in the car mirror, women spend six minutes and men spend five minutes. Looking in the gym, work, and restaurant uh, bathroom mirrors, women spend 13 minutes and men spend 15 minutes. And before we go to bed, looking in the bathroom mirror at bedtime, women spend about two minutes and men spend eight minutes. Okay, guys, I'm really sorry about this, but if you thought that vanity was centered on women... In fact, I don't want to get myself in trouble here. All of us can spend way too much time looking in the mirror. And that's why all the way back, 2,000 years, when James writes this, he gets it. He gets it. James is using an age-old habit of looking in the mirror. And he says... Fix your eyes upon, consider carefully. And literally, James says, are you going to look in the mirror, see what you're really like, and then just walk away and forget it? Now, he, he peels back this incredible teaching. He says, look deep in the mirror of God's word. Don't just read it, reflect on it. Don't just listen to the words, do the right thing. Man, that's hard. That can be hard. There's a lot of things I knock the ball out of the park on this one. 
Some things I can do, see it, and I do it, and it's not an issue. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking in God's light and life. But then there are some things it's a struggle. We all have this problem. James recognizes it. I'm reminded of an old pop song. Michael Jackson was singing in my ear this week. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I am asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. The only thing he was missing was what's the source of help to make that change? James knew it's the Word of God. We can't just depend on whatever the shifting sands of truth are in this world. We need to get into the Word of God. We need to understand who's in charge. We've got to find God's balance, lighten the load, and grow deep. Look, listen, and do the right thing. And then James concludes with a fourth observation in chapter 1, verse 25. He simply says, but powerfully says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, oh, I love this, they will be blessed in what they do. Oh, it's simple. It's hard, but it's simple. Here's our fourth observation. Look hard. Look hard in the mirror of our lives and into God's word. Trust God and live free. James literally writes this. He says, listen, God's truth is so incredible that when we act on it, when we look into the perfect truth of God's word, he calls it the perfect truth of God's law. He's not just talking about the Old Testament. He's talking about the transformation that Christ gave On the cross, through the resurrection, he says, when you get your eyes fixed on this perfect life-giving law of love that comes through Jesus Christ, we're free. We can live free. Now, James says, look intently. It's the same word used in John's gospel when They peered into the tomb and saw that Jesus was resurrected and alive. James is like, look intently into the tomb. See that Jesus is alive. Look intently into the law of freedom. There isn't one single person listening to these words today that you are stuck where you are. Do not give up. Do not think that it's over. Don't give in to the shame of the enemy of your soul. Declare war. Decide right now. You want to change. You will change. Even if a day from now, two days from now, you struggle and you you falter, go right to Jesus. Ask for forgiveness. Invite someone in to help you with whatever is the temptation or the sin that when you draw the bow back and release the arrow of faith, if you're missing the mark, know that God is for you. In fact, that's actually what James says. When we passionately look into God's Word and we decide 
God's word is God's truth. There is freedom that literally, he says, gives liberty. What does that mean? We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to the tyranny of Satan. There is a freedom that God wants to give. And when we trust him, listen to what James writes. God will bless us in all we do. Man, I want God's blessing. Don't you? I want God's blessing in my life. I want to know that Jesus Christ is Lord of everything. And so it starts right now this morning. It's time to know who's in charge. So here's what I'd like to do as we close. I want you to just put your hands out. We've done this on so many occasions. Put your hands out. Cup them together and say, God, I'm ready. And I want to pray for us. Jesus, I, I pray forgiveness for all of our sins. Mine and everyone else's. Forgive us for how we miss the mark when we, when we omit, when we mistakenly miss it, and when we commit and commit to, to actually sin. Forgive us. Forgive us of all of it. And Jesus, help us to look into the perfect law of your love. Help us to look in the mirror intently and see you clearly. Help us not to be ashamed to try to veer away, but to see you and to know that we can look hard. We can trust you, God, and live free. God, forgive us and help us to put all of our faith in you. Help us to have new beginnings starting today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, we're declaring war. In fact, let me tell you what I've discovered in the last week. The more that I've declared war, the more that the enemy has attacked me and my thoughts. I've been discouraged at times. But I want you to know you're not alone. We're in this together. God is for us. And if God is for us, who could be against us? Please reach out to Pastor Liz online. Would you just simply type your name? Type your first name. It's Drew. Type your name in and say, Pastor Liz, I declare war. And if you need her, ask her to pray for you. She's right there waiting. Help us to put our faith and our trust together united. Let's do that. Let's go to Jesus. Look in the perfect mirror of his, of his love. This week, let's decide to talk less and listen more. Make room for God. And as you're moving forward, let us know how God is blessing so that we can celebrate with you. I love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. 
And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you.